What's going on, everyone? It is another episode of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. It's your boy, Jevin LaFave. On this episode, we welcome Colton Keller onto the 26th installment of Kickback and Relax. And on this episode, it's just me and Colton, but we talk about his journey through hockey, playing overseas, playing in the WHL, getting drafted and all that. It was a super, super fun episode. And we are without hating this episode, but he will be back on the next one. So I hope you enjoy myself and Colton. I now welcome on a very, very special guest. Um, he made his, he started his hockey career in the, in the, in Poco Minor hockey and then got drafted seventh overall, 154th overall in the Bantam draft to the Edmonton Oil Kings and then made his way over to Germany. And now he is playing for the Idaho Steelheads, donning number 34. In the ECHL, coming off a 38-point season in 62 games in his first year, Colton Keller, living legend. How we doing, buddy? I'm good, buddy. It's good to see you. It's been a while since we chatted, so I'm glad we could do this formally. Yeah, I've been wanting to have you on for a minute, and yeah. first time, first time I asked you, you're like, I don't know, man. I'm kind of a boring, uh, I'm a boring person to talk to, and I'm like, dude, that's the farthest thing. You're the farthest <laughs> thing from boring. I don't know. I I think I'm pretty boring, but I mean, I guess yeah. I've been been a couple places now. We can talk about so, yeah, yeah. Overdue for sure. How's um training camp, off season training? How'd that go? Getting ready for this new season coming up? Yeah, it's long, man. It's like it was a disappointing end last year. We were kind of we were in that playoff picture all year, and then um, kind of slowly slowly slipped through our fingers ended up losing out on the last day of the year uh um last season so it was a a long summer for sure where you know kind of left a bit of a bad taste in our mouths but it uh yeah we're back it was it was long but we're back and honestly feels like like we never left so yeah we're gonna get ready to step on it next week did the unfortunate ending to the season change any off-season like regimen or any tr- training that you typically would have done? Um, not really. I think I might have started a little, a little earlier than uh, I usually do, but I think that was more as kind of just dealing with the little uh, nick ups. So tried to get a bit of a head start on on some training and some physio but other than that not really no it's pretty standard uh pretty standard summer of just skating uh training and working so yeah nothing nothing crazy is there a specific skill set that you wanted to work on just a personal goal you wanted to get better at um i think a big thing for me is just kind of watching video in the summer that's kind of something i try to do just to like stay fresh that way um i feel like i'm pretty comfortable with 
with my on and off ice regimen. Um, but other than that, yeah, I know like Volpe, Calum Volpe has got me pretty dialed in in the gym and then just, uh, you know, trying to skate as much as I can. And other than that, no, I think just kind of watching the video and just, you know, keeping those details fresh in mind is, is my biggest thing throughout the summer. Well, dude, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to get into this because I've always been fascinated by, um, just like your career, I've your close buddies with my cousin, that is. And I've always been a fan of watching your games, your uh, AAA games back in Poco. Those were like the, I remember the midget tournament. Our, uh, our teams, we were like the stick boys for the Christmas tournament. And I'd yeah. always catch you. I always catch your games and teams throughout BC would always come, came down to Poco for the tournament. And I remember watching you guys. It was always electric, but. I want to start from the beginning for you. What got you into hockey? How old were you? And like, what was your motivations to start playing? Um, I think a lot of it is honestly my aunt. So I, I, I used to hang out with my aunt a lot when I was super young. And I believe she was the first one that kind of took me public skating. I think I was like 18 months or something. Uh, we started going public skating and then, um, I just kind of remember hearing stories. I'd kind of, I'd be the kid that would just plop the chair right in front of the TV with the Canucks game on and stuff. And I was just kind of fascinated by it as a kid. And I think I, my first year of organized hockey, it was like four years old. It's like spring hockey. And I just loved it. I just loved it. I don't remember any hearing any like resistance about, you know, wanting to do something else. It was kind of always hockey. I'd have my little mini stick uh, set up in grandma and grandpa's kitchen and everything too. So yeah, I got, got into it pretty early and yeah, I just kind of never looked back. They're walking from kitchen to living room and you're dangling throughout them, like putting the ball between their legs and stuff like that. <laughs> Toe sucking grandma around the kitchen table. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I was, yeah, just always loved it. Always had the mini sticks going, obviously. I'm sure like a lot of us did. But yeah, yeah I just kind of had the support of the family and got into it nice and early. I was the asshole that would take up the entire dining room, push the table over so that there was more room. Make exactly. it so inconvenient for everyone in my family. <laughs> <laughs> for the had, love of the game. For the love of the game. I had the dining room from like six to eight. That was my that was my time period to just go. Everyone knew. Take them to go down to a room. <laughs> Three periods in two hours. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I got enough going on. I had the starting lineup set and stuff like that. I had everything dialed in. But did you have like a favorite player growing up that you would, um, that kind of got you into it? Because I know a lot of hockey players when they're growing up, they're like, oh, Patty Kane or Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin. Those are like, those are my guys. They, you would always uh, reenact them in street hockey and stuff like that. Did you have any favorite players that you got you into it that you'd model your game after anything like that? Uh, I don't know about like, Oh, model my game after. I don't know, but remember probably Ovechkin was my guy. Uh, he was my first like composite stick I had. It was, the, it was the Ovechkin curve and everything on it. And then, I mean, that was when he was breaking into the league. I think I was like eight or nine. So he, uh, I mean, the way he was scoring goals and just like blowing people up, that was, that caught my eye. I didn't really, um, can't really model your game after, after that guy at eight years old, but I just remember <laughs> love 
shooting the puck and like even i guess it, it got as we got older just kind of you know being that physical presence too just trying to be exciting and stuff so yeah ov was definitely my guy growing up but yeah can't really say i like modeled my game after him or anything like that playing like ov at eight or nine parents are like bus feed (laughs) to get this like four games a year (laughs) blowing kids up yeah (laughs) drinking dr pepper on the bench doing doing everything i can (laughs) this is an absolute mutant but yeah um at what at what age did you like really make the decision to commit to hockey like like this is what i want to do i want to play at the highest level at what age did you really make that decision that you wanted to push forward with it? I can't remember. I want to say I was, I was either, um, I was probably around like 13, 14. I remember because I was still playing baseball at the time. And I remember um, you kind of get into that age where you got to make the choice. I mean, baseball's like in the summer and stuff, but kind of 14, 15 years old is kind of when you have to make the commitment of, doing it more year round and stuff like that. So it's probably around then kind of Bantam years when I, when I shed playing baseball in the summer, which I don't know if I, yeah, I guess that was kind of probably kind of the, uh, the sign for me that it was, it was hockey over baseball or hockey over anything else. So yeah. Yeah. I want to say it was, yeah, for probably 14 years old. Was it always like, I want to play at the highest level? like whatever the highest level is whether that's triple a or yeah i don't really think i really knew um much i think probably the first once i kind of started to know more about like kind of levels you know the next level was probably probably like set first or second year bantam you start hearing about like the western league draft um but yeah, I think like other than that, it's kind of cliche, but we just like we're young enough, just just wanted to play and have fun. And then, yeah, you, you kind of start to things kind of get start to get put in your ear about, you know, drafts or rankings, kind of stuff like that, which I mean, thinking about it now at like 14, 15 years old, it's so, so young, but yeah. I mean, that's the way it is. And um, but yeah, other than that, of course. You know, you kind of start to see guys that you you played with go to the next level, and it's like, well, you, you want to believe you're as good as them, and you deserve to be in the same spot. And so, so yeah, you always wanted to play play at the highest level. And this is how I know you're professional because you teed me up perfectly for my next question. I <laughs> I want to know about the Bantam draft um, into the dub. How did that all go down? Like, how did you know? How, when did you start making noise and the Bantam draft. Um, I guess it's like second year Bantam. You start, I think, I, probably probably a handful of times, like tournaments and stuff, like some of the bigger tournaments where you had like your your Burnaby Winter Clubs, your North Shore Winter Clubs playing. So there's, you know, scouts and stuff. And then, because um, we were always in the second tier of kind of the mainland area uh, of minor hockey. So... We didn't have like a ton of scouts at our games, but there was a handful of times where, you know, after the game, one of the coaches would come in and say, someone's here to see you, you get an email or something. And then, um, you know, kind of just chat with the team, send you some questionnaires and stuff. And then, 
yeah it was definitely a pretty cool experience obviously like talking to scouts you see them kind of sitting up in the corner with with the clipboards and stuff and um yeah so that was that was kind of probably around the same age but remember draft draft day was a pretty cool story um you know i think hanging out with a lot of guys that kind of understood like what the day was about at school um so we were all kind of keeping our eye on it and i remember um i think i can't i don't know like if i was rated anywhere specific like it kind of that was kind of above my head but i remember we were it was in the fourth round fourth round and uh i think i was in like science class or something and then remember kept like refreshing this last pick of the fourth round and it was the oil kings had it and i'm just like refreshing refreshing for like 10 minutes and and um in class and they ended up picking someone else who was actually a good buddy of mine and then i think that brought us to like our lunch period and i just remember being like pretty like discouraged about it like thinking i wasn't gonna go and stuff just kind of being a little baby about it at 14 and then um so i just yeah i stopped looking at it for like the next like couple hours because i think they the draft went on like recess as well so we came back and i'm in industrial arts class just like still pouting about not getting drafted yet and then i think it was I forget who it was I think it was like sheldon lau and I forget who was with them they came like running down the hall and like they were the first ones that told me like kind of like stopped everyone in class and they're like oh you just got drafted and i was like oh shit like cool and then figure it out and then i think um uh what happened then I, that I think I can't remember if I talked to Edmonton, like it, it was like during class or if it was after class, but I remember like talking to them sometime at school and just obviously probably feeling like a pretty, pretty big deal and stuff. But yeah, no, it was, it was cool. Like getting drafted in front of all your buddies and stuff. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, probably a day I won't forget. This is fuck. That's like ten years ago now, though. Too. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a pretty cool day, obviously for the family and everything. Kind of having that recognition. Was it always going to be Edmonton? Like, were they the team really only in the mix, or what other teams were kind of in the mix for you? Um, I can't remember honestly. I remember talking to Vancouver a little bit. Um, I want to say Everett was in there as well. But I mean, it's so long ago now. Um, but I think there was probably like a handful, like five or six teams that I that I talked to. I can't really remember the depth of conversation that we had, but um, yeah, definitely a handful of teams that were seemed like they were interested at the time. Did you know much about Edmonton? Um, not really. But I remember, I guess within like the the month or so of getting drafted was when they won their first their first Western league title. I think it was 2011, 2012. So yeah, they would have won their first, uh, first league, first league title. And then I think they ended up losing in the Memorial cup that year, but excuse me. And then obviously they won, they won the mem cup a couple years after that. So that was kind of like, yeah, I guess them being in the Western league finals was kind of the first thing that I knew, knew about them. So that was pretty cool to get drafted to, to a championship team right away that was that was uh, pretty unique 
Um, go to your first year with Edmonton. Was it like, did you have any? Obviously, it's like the WHL. Like, did you have any like welcome to the league kind of moment? Like, was it? Were you in shock? Did you get starstruck by a couple of players? Like, were you just so behind play? Like, was it a lot faster than you were expecting? What was your first year like in Edmonton? I remember being pretty intimidated. I was like, I was 18, but I was like an 18 year old rookie. I was kind of right in the middle of the pack. But um, I'm trying to think who who our first games were against. Um, so I think they would have been against Red Deer, who was hosting hosting Memorial Cup. So a wagon, they were <laughs> a wagon. They were loading up. Um, yeah, I just remember being like super fast. Um, yeah, probably a little bit behind the play, but um, I'm trying to think of like a welcome to the league moment where I might have got like trying to think of maybe the first time I played like Evan Provorov or Braden Point. Those two, like I think Point or Provorov was like he had like 70 something points. He might have been like plus 72. So it's just like kind of. <laughs> It was just seeing like a guy like that where is the first time you're kind of playing like these NHL prospects, right? And it's yeah. just like, okay, there's the difference. Yeah. And yeah, I just remember playing against Provorov. We played him that that team in the playoffs that year. And it's just like I don't think I was it's like saw the guy make a mistake in like 10 games. It was like and then point point everything that he did was like was effortless. I remember watching him on a penalty shot and like, I don't know, he had our goalie like swimming, swimming like way off the other post. And wow. just like, it was, I don't know. It's just different level, right? Like you're yeah. there, but then you see these guys that are, you know, a year or two away from the national league. And it's just like, all right. Yeah. You're on a different, you should be in a different league. You need, you need a new league. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's kind of like the, the main one is just seeing those top guys. Yeah, because I always wondered about that, like, this kid, like, I'm watching. Like, watching you, I was like, this guy is insane. But then, I'm like, there just has to be, I, what's the next level? Of, like, what, right. like, what are the levels? And you witnessed it in your first year, like, okay, I, I now completely understand. Yeah, and it's like, it's honestly, it's all the cliches, like, you know, it's the consistency and, like, it's the confidence, like, um and i think the biggest one too is like the attention to detail like like those are those top guys when you're when you're preparing for a team like those are the guys you're watching and like a lot of the film you're watching is on them right it's like they're the catalyst they're the quarterbacks and you know being able to watch you know first round nhl picks and play against them not i guess not just watch them i guess i was in the game too at times but um you're just like it's like holy shit, like a lot of those guys too. Like, I mean, even even Barzell, like grew up playing against him, watching him playing with him when we were younger, and then playing against him in junior, like, and now you now watching him in the show, like the guy's playing, like it seems like the same way. Just like that puck possession, just carrying the game. And so it's just it's just that confidence too that, you know, knowing how good you are, you make a mistake, whatever, brush it off. I'm still I'm still sick kind of yeah. things. And now we so, just yeah. signed for now we just signed for nine mil. So yeah, nine in a pinch. Hey, that's pretty <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's pretty bad. cool to see. 
that's pretty cool to see. Like, but I mean, he's he's waiting to break out too. Like you yeah. saw his his rookie year, he had almost ninety points and yeah, um, there, yeah, that's he's a superstar. What levels did you play with Barzell? Uh, we played we played together in some spring tournaments when we were like in like peewee or something maybe and then um obviously our u18 year we played together and wrote his coattails that year too so um yeah yeah we played a bit together when we were super young and then the year before our first year junior uh for northeast chiefs yeah is that the year you had 41 or like 42 and 41 or something like that that was the year yeah yeah, I think I had like it was either yeah forty two or forty one. I had like ten assists just playing with <laughs> that. <laughs> I remember too. There was like there was one game. I think we were in Kamloops, and obviously like Matt set me up all over the place. Backdoor tappins. Just... Backdoor tappins. Yeah, you got to breathe on the puck and. <laughs> um. But I, I think we we're on like a two on one and we had like a little give and go. I think I slipped one to him back door and like gave, gave him an open net. And I was like, I, I remember talking to him after. I was just like, God, I forget what I said, but it's like, fuck it. I think he said something to me or it's just like about time, like you gave me one back or something like that. <laughs> after the 40 like, I gave you. Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, that might be the last one, I guess. But. <laughs> Yeah, I remember too. Another funny one is we were uh, um, that that all star. We had the all star game in Major Midget, and um, there was I think there's five or six of us that got selected to it. And then we're going out for practice one day, and uh, he's like, he's like, "Oh, Kel's like, saw so you made the all star team." I was like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool." And he goes, "Yeah, you're welcome." <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what to say. Like, yeah, like you're probably right and then <laughs> but i remember being first star of that all-star game so we can suck it <laughs> you can suck it first star yeah was that good so, i don't know yeah he was like but like i mean that's like that's kind of the confidence and obviously doesn't doesn't mean any like malice by it but it, yeah. that's just it was just kind of him so, overall though did you have a good relationship with him yeah i mean we don't like stay in touch or anything but like we were fine. We obviously played together quite a bit. And so, so yeah, it's a good dude. Deserves, deserves the, uh, the accolades and the bag he got. So, yeah. yeah, I think just going towards that, like he was stuck in a defensive system under trots and then this new coach that he has, I've only heard good things about him. Like he has more offensive bind to him. So I think that's just gonna help him out even more. So yeah, I'd love to see him start cooking again yeah. on that clip. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to fast forward to your final season. Um, you get the captaincy. Mm-hmm. How was that? How was that feeling? It was pretty cool. Um, obviously it was a it was a player voted thing. So I think that's always always means a bit more than, you know, the coach giving it to you. The coach giving it to you, yeah, I guess plain and simple it's you know coming from the guys um so yeah it was kind of something i guess i 
was thinking about a little bit throughout the summer that, okay, I could get this, just try to prepare for it. Um, not that like you really want to change anything, but just kind of, you know, putting yourself visually in, in situations where, you know, you, you got to do captain things. And, and so, yeah, it happened. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty special. Um, obviously, an organization with like a lot of history and stuff winning history um not so much when when i was there but um <laughs> we uh i mean yeah it's something looking back to i think you know you were captain in the western one of like you know the best development leagues in the world is uh it's pretty cool for sure so um and then yeah obviously the fact that it came from the guys was was that much better Oh, you didn't you didn't have Barzell giving you tappins, that's why. Oh yeah. But one sec, I gotta go get the dog. Right, Dog's barking. Good. Yeah. Um you got in a pretty you kind of went viral on Edmonton. Um I'm not too sure if you like talking about this, but um but the fight. I can't remember exactly who it was against, but um first of all, um I don't want to put like the guy on blast or anything because he did get hurt during that but um was it like a what kind of moment was it or like what how did you feel seeing like the video go all over instagram and twitter and stuff like that after yeah and, like, so and guess, what what sparked it up like um, yeah so i guess to rewind this is yeah th this is um i don't know interesting one so it kind of started um we had so swift swift current they 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 were the team that won uh won the league that year so they they loaded up they were a super solid team and we were kind of we were we were a lottery team we'll say that we're a lottery team so i think it's like four nothing after the first and our coach comes in and the guy ended up fighting he was kind of like I don't know if he was running around but he kind of clipped a couple of our uh, our younger guys so our coach comes in and he calls us out and he's like um he's like honestly i don't give a shit that we're down uh whatever it was poor nothing at the time he's like but the fact that this guy's running around we haven't done anything about it yet like you know not that he's telling anyone to fight but like let's you know let's put our chest out a little bit here yeah. guys so stand i'm the captain and yeah, he's going after our younger guys on the captain. I was like, all right, this is, this falls on my shoulders kind of thing. So I remember I walked over to the, the coach's room and I was like, all right, if, if he starts, I want him kind of thing. And he's like, you sure? And I said, yeah. All right. And then, um, I don't think we ended up fighting until like five or six minutes into that period. But I told one of their guys that I knew, I was like, Hey, like, like, let him know, like, got to take care of this kind of thing and and so i'm on the bench and then he told he told the guy and i'm like looking over at this guy on the bench and he's like he's he starts taping his wrists his trainer's giving him salt and i'm just like he's getting all fired up because he knows he's, we've got to fight and i'm just like i'm just like sitting there i'm honestly scared shitless he's like not you know i know this he's a tough kid like he's yeah i've seen him fight before he's also a lefty i'm just like all right so I'm start, starting to shit myself watching this guy like getting fired up with fucking smelling salts and getting his wrist salt done up and shit. 
And so, um, yeah, I think we, we lined up, lined up after they scored another goal and, um, you see like the big, the big square off and everything. And obviously it went down how it went down. Um, but dropped in like uh, a two yeah. inch putt. What's that? Dropped in like a two inch putt. I've uh, I've missed those before though, so <laughs> I've missed missed those kind of putts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we both got kicked out. We well, yeah, they they called it uh, like a stage fight or whatever. So we both got kicked out. But I think like honestly, like the. I don't know if it's if you can call it like the best part of the story, but the one that likes the part of the story that like sticks with me the most is um, this guy came over and like shook my hand after the fight or after the game. So he, um, he had, he had to get like stitches and stuff and like, he had to go through like the protocols. Yeah. And, um, and then I knew, I knew one of the guys on the other teams we played in Edmonton together and he's like, He's like, yeah, just like stick around. You know, he wants to come shake your hand. And then he comes over. He's just like, hey, man, like puts his hand out, like looks me in the eye. He's like, hell of a punch. You got me. And then wow. I was just like, I was just like, all right, like, holy shit. Like, you know, because if the shoe's on the other foot, like I'm probably not doing that. I'm probably yeah. not going to like shake the guy's hand after or, you know, at that age anyways. And then so when things kind of started going viral after that, like hitting the internet, I just tried to like keep that in mind that like, you know, I just like kind of had too much respect to kind of hop on, like, you know, retweeting it and like, you know, liking it on Instagram and stuff and sharing it. So yeah, that was, um, that stuck with me the most was the fact that this guy came over and like, you know, kind of had the balls to, you know, look the guy that just yeah. you know knocked him out in the eye. So I mean, obviously there's a cool part of like going viral and like seeing, you know, this video everywhere and stuff. But like the fact that that guy, you know, came over and, you know, shook, shook my hand. I was just like, I, I don't really want to jump on board all the, you know, the sharing of it and stuff just out of respect. So. No, I totally understand that. And that's, yeah. a that's, a, I'm so happy that I asked that question because that's a detail I did not know. And that yeah. changes, that changes a lot of, things about it because it takes like it takes a lot of like courage and balls to like go to the guy who just connected one on you to say like hey like game recognized game almost kind of yeah thing. yeah and then just like i think he, he played just kind of asking around you know other you know guys that i knew about him and stuff and it's just like apparently he's just like the most like respectable straight up guy too so it's just like I don't really need to be, you know, jumping on that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, to this day, like all the all the respect to him for doing that. So, do you know where he's at now? Um, I think he finished the year in our league last year, but I don't know where he's playing this year at all. But yeah, uh, continuing your final year, you uh, you finished the year on a pretty good note. Tucked thirty two times at thirty two goals. Was like, was the NHL draft ever realistic? Did you ever have any, like, did you ever thought like maybe I have a chance? Um, I always probably tried to hold on hope to it, but 
I never really talked to any teams or anything like that. So, I mean, looking back, that was obviously the the main sign is I never, never even talked to anyone. So, um, but yeah, never really got to that stage of the draft process in, in the NHL. Um, but yeah, I think in the back of my head when I was, when I was at the parlor, Pat out Doe watching the, t- watching the draft <laughs> by 20 year old year, I was like, all right, seventh round, we still got a chance. Yeah. And then obviously didn't get drafted. So, but yeah, no, I never really got too far in the process of that. Uh, halfway through the year, did you have a goal of hitting 30? Were you like, I'm going for it? Um, I'm trying to think. I think I might have only had like 10 or 12 goals at Christmas or something. And then I remember kind of going on a bit of a a streak. And then, yeah, it was like a couple months left, like or a month or two left, like 30 was in sight. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. It's obviously a nice, nice plateau to hit. It's kind of um, something that, I mean, I don't think I hit 20 before that year. And so to hit 30 was was pretty cool uh you ended up going back to school and playing for ubc uh did you did you get like an offer like hey do you want to come play for us and then you attended school or did you attend school and then walked on to the team yeah i remember i talked to the coach there um i talked to the coach there maybe like a couple months left in my 20 year old year in edmonton and then they kind of you know hockey gets you into the school there i remember having to do some like upgrading and stuff throughout the summer and uh yeah i was pretty content on on coming home and trying to you know use that scholarship it's such a great opportunity to you know um i mean free school give yeah. it a shot i tried <laughs> i tried did it for two years but um get a degree in arts or something yeah Commun- communications yeah like your cousin <laughs> um, what you call it yeah so yeah hockey kind of got me into school and then gave it a shot for two years and i just kind of realized that it wasn't for me and just kind of going bet on myself and play some pro hockey that that brings up well was the how was the hockey was it pretty similar to what you played in the dub because i i heard um, so many stories of like um former dub players playing in that university level that you played in at ubc uh how was the level was it pretty comparable yeah i mean a lot of those a lot of the guys are coming from the western league um i think the leagues probably doesn't get the respect it deserves with how many good players are there um not sure why i mean i remember after my first year uh one of the guys from alberta signed a nhl deal like a two-year entry-level deal or something like that. And then, oh, wow. I mean, there's there's American League deals coming out of that league quite a bit. So it's definitely an undercover league. I'm not really sure why it doesn't uh, kind of get more coverage and, and respect. But, um, yeah, it was, it was good hockey. I didn't, didn't have two great years there individually. Uh, obviously, our second year, we, we went to a uh, national tournament in Halifax and Fortunately, that's where kind of COVID hit. And yeah, I remember that. Canceled the tournament, but um, yeah, it was it was a really good league. And obviously, you're kind of going into battle with the guys in the classroom and and on the ice. So, I mean, you know, some of your closest friends are are at school. You had the opportunity to play Wisconsin. 
if I'm not mistaken, in a couple yeah. games. Uh, did did you play against like Alexa of Caulfield? I'm pretty sure Turcott went there too. If I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, so I actually was hurt that weekend they came. I was super bummed out about that. Um, I got blew up in practice and then or blown up in practice, and I was uh out of commission for that weekend. But yeah, so Caulfield was on that team, Turcott, Keandre Miller. Um that guy must have couple- been running around the ice, Keandre Miller. That's Keandre a- Miller, just like the smoothest skater you've ever seen in your entire life. <laughs> it was- and he's massive too. He's he's a big body yeah, out there as well. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah, it's like playing that team was pretty cool obviously you know those younger though i think they were all freshmen that year i think yeah holloway was on that team as well so i was watching from the stands but um yeah a lot of hype around that weekend and i think like caulfield caulfield had like four or five goals in the two games i remember um but yeah so i guess it's just another example of you know another opportunity to just, you know, see those top end guys. That's, yeah. you know, pretty cool. So, yeah, we actually did not bad. I think I want to say we lost like six, five might've been in overtime. And I think, I think the other game was like two or three, nothing, but I mean, it was, uh, so, I mean, that kind of just goes to show you, you know, the, uh, how good, how good our league is too. Did they dress their full roster? Yeah. Yeah, they did. We weren't sure what that was going to look like, but they had all their all their big dogs playing. So it was uh, seems like you guys hung in with them pretty good. So like you said, like you alluded to, it shows how undercover the league you guys are in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think they they had a pretty good year that year, too. And in NCAA Wisconsin did. So, yeah. Obviously, it's a bit of an older league. Like everyone's kind of that 20, 21 year old freshman. And you're getting the, you know, the top end guys in NCAA coming in at 18. But I mean, there's there's a lot of talent in that league. And I think uh, it's just a matter of, you know, probably dominating in a sense. And but you'll get your looks. Um, When and how did the opportunity to play in Germany uh, come about? Um, yeah, that was pretty stressful, honestly, because I remember I talked to, I remember talking to our coach at UBC in probably like April, just kind of probably like a month after COVID hit. And I just told him my plan, like, I'm, I'm ready to leave school. Like, it's not really working for me. Uh, want to go, want to go play pro. And then, so yeah, that was kind of like, the first summer of COVID. So everything was kind of up in the air. Teams weren't sure if they were going to be playing or not. And then um, I ended up getting in touch with, with an agent to kind of help the process along. And um, yeah, it was stale for like, I want to say it was like two months where I'm like, all right, like I'm, not going back to not going back to school but like i'm not having like i don't have a you know a place to go yet and so i think there was um yeah like two two and a half months in so i guess getting into like june july was was when the opportunity came up to to go to germany and i just figured you know jump on it because who knows if there's anything going to come up after this and and so yeah, signed 
signed my, I guess, first pro contract in, in Germany. And then went went down in like October that season got, got pushed back as well from because of COVID. So um, yeah, definitely a, an interesting time to kind of roll the dice and go play pro, but I don't know. I felt it was right for me at the time and um, yeah, it's worked out pretty good. Um, Herner EV, is that the kind of Canadian dumb way of pronouncing the team name? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, the Herna, Herna EV, I think EV, yeah, EV in, in German. So I probably sound like an idiot too, trying to say it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just accepted the loss when I looked at it and I'm like, it's probably not the way you pronounce it, but I'm just going to roll with it. But you had a pretty good year there. Um, you're just over point per game. Was like, how much different was the hockey over there? It was, a, it's a lot different. I just, I kind of always described it as just wide open. Like a lot of it's geared towards offense. I found in uh, in that league, um, there was times, there was nights where like you know it's a midweek game, kind of a bit of like a snooze fest. And it, honestly, there was games where like it kind of felt like pond hockey, not to like, and I don't mean that in like a shitty way or anything, but it was just like, all right, let's go get, you know, let's go score some goals, and that was basically it. Um, yeah, it's uh. There's some pretty good skill in that league. Um, obviously, it was the it was the third division over there, so they kind of noticed a bit of a drop off. You know, there were some good imports. I remember one of the imports in that league had played like fifty something NHL games. You got guys that played American League games, but I think within the uh, um, within like the German players, you you noticed a pretty substantial drop off on some teams or some lineups, but. Um, yeah, it was just nice. It was nice to go over and kind of get some of that offensive confidence back yeah. after, you know, not not being or not not having two like very good offensive years at, at school. So being able to go do that and then just also just the lifestyle, just, you know, it's hockey and that's pretty much it. I think it was something that I would look was looking forward to going into that year. And I think, you know, um I think that really helped me as well. How was uh, Germany as just a place to live? Like, was it a culture shock? Honestly, not that much. I mean, obviously there's some language stuff, like when you're, you know, in the grocery store, but some of the, uh, you know, the basic sayings was, um, you know, just kind of get, get you through the grocery store, get you through the till of, you know, restaurant or whatever was, was all easy, but yeah, they actually learn, they learn English in grade school. Um, so, I mean, w- even like within our dressing room, like English was pretty good. I remember I would, I was on Babbel. Like I was trying to learn, learn German on Babbel. So I'd like try to put together sentences and it just got to the point where the guys would just like tell me to speak English. They're just like, just shut up, quit trying <laughs> just, just speak English. So I think after that, I kind of I gave up on the Babbel and just said, whatever. So yeah, no, like English was pretty good. But other than that, like, you know, everyone's trying to do the same thing, get up, go to work, you know, put food on the table. So I think that was kind of the biggest thing that I walked away with is we're all we're all out here trying to do the same thing. So, yeah. What was um, like, what was your day to day on like an off day or something like that? On an off day? Um, 
honestly, I'd walk a lot when I was there. It's like we had standard like stick stick shift and I didn't know how to drive it. Like I had a car, like they gave me the car when I was over there. Like I didn't really know how to drive it. So I, I'd like walk to grocery store, like walk into town. They had a decent little like kind of strip of mall. Um, but yeah, it was COVID, right? So there wasn't like a whole lot, uh, a whole lot going on. So I just kind of get out into, into nature a little bit and do some soul searching and uh um yeah but it was nice so that league was nice because we would we would bust everywhere and it'd be all day trips so you know nine times out of ten you'd be in your bed by you know sometime the next day so um that was that was nice you're always you're always around but yeah other than that maybe go go do some do some sightseeing, go some walks through parks, but yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on. Yeah. I totally forget that like COVID was peaking or like on the severe incline when you went over there, like you went in the middle of a hot spot. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, in a weird way though. I mean, it, it kind of, it almost helped like my hockey a little bit because there was no real distractions of like, oh, let's like go to the bar and kind of that stuff. Or, you know, like, I don't think I would have been like a huge traveler throughout the year. Like, I'm a bit of a homebody throughout the year, but like, there was no real options. It was just kind of like, all right, I'll be, I'll be home, like, kind of be in my own little world. And then, um, you know, watch some video or watch Netflix. And I kind of just got into like a a sweet routine of, you know, just kind of working off my own energy, you know, at home by myself. And um, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's definitely like an interesting time to, uh, to go over there. But I mean, what a unique experience. What are some of the cooler places that you played all over in Uh, Germany? In Germany, I've, there was one uh it's called Rostock. It was north. It was way up north and it was like right off the Baltic Sea. Okay. And so I remember getting there. We were there like three or four hours early on our bus trip before the game. And so we were kind of just walking around like it's an older city, kind of walk the walk the water a little bit. Um, that was cool, but other than that, like um we we played in hamburg which is a super nice city as well but i mean you're not really doing any any sightseeing or anything like that we're you know we're getting in you know three hours before the game and we're leaving right after and it's dark so um yeah there wasn't wasn't a whole lot but some of the rinks i think that that was the cool part is like some of the rinks um how old they are and some of them are kind of they're open on the side so like the the bleachers go up and they're, you're just like outside basically. Oh, so, wow. So, so that was pretty cool. Like some of the older rinks and then, um, where else, where else we went, to, there was a team in that league in the Netherlands where it was a lot of the uh, Dutch national team. So that was kind of cool as well. Like, um, you know, you're playing against, you know, essentially the Dutch national team. And they That's were they were cool. pretty pretty good team. That was a cool rink too. I think that, yeah, Tilburg Tilburg Trappers. They were they were there 
um, just like a couple hours on the other side of the German border. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I said, like they're all day trips and even then like you're, you're not really able to travel a whole lot. Did you spend any, like, did you spend the summer over there? Like, or like any part of it? Like, did you go to any travel, any, to any new countries or anything? No, not really. Um, it was, it was very strict when I was over there. Um, but I got hurt near the end of the year. So I was seeing, I went and saw a couple knee specialists and, uh, we went, one of the specialists that was in Cologne and that's a pretty cool city. That's like, you get the big city vibe, uh, in Cologne. And they remember they had this big old cathedral castle, whatever it was, that thing's like 900 years old. Wow. And so that was probably the coolest thing I saw was like the Cologne cathedral um, for like uh, off the, off the back of going to see a knee specialist. So that was, that was probably my coolest travel story in Germany. Yeah. Blessing and a curse. Blessing. Yeah, you get to so. see you cool, but you get, you gotta get your knee worked on. Exactly. Yeah. So other than that, man, it was, uh, it was honestly hockey, the hockey and home, like, yeah get get the workouts in but yeah so it was uh but still loved it loved it over there like for what it was first year pro like not a whole lot of distraction you know had a good year offensively the team ended up doing really well so for what it was it was an awesome experience uh what made you want to return um back to north america and how did did the opportunity to play in the echl for idaho uh, come across the um, table. Yeah, I kind of decided near the end of my the year in Germany that I wanted to come back over here. It's kind of, it's, I mean, I felt like to that point, like I hadn't really given my best shot to, you know, try to play at the highest level over here. Um, and I guess the ECHL was the, you know, the first rung on the ladder for me to do that, that was going to be the door that I could open was playing this league and try to work my way up over here. Um, so that was kind of my thought process. You know, I can always go back to Europe and, you know, make a little bit more money, um, you know, down the road. But I think that was, that was the biggest thing for me was just like, all right, you, you've been playing this game to, you know, try to play in the NHL. You haven't, you know, maybe given yourself the best opportunities at time to do it. And, um yeah so i think starting over here um obviously i think i got super lucky landing in idaho um talked to a lot of guys around the league and something that i found out real quick is like it's a it there's nowhere better to play in in the echl um, really honestly man it's like boise boise sleeper city like great great downtown nightlife like restaurants like super lively city uh we sell out pretty much every game we're we're pretty spoiled like we live in a great great complex um yeah a lot of the veteran guys that kind of come into town they're like they talk about how great boise is to to come and travel to so so yeah super lucky super lucky to be here and they got an unbelievable college football field, the fucking all blue turf. 
Yeah, the Smurf turf. <laughs> the Smurf turf is what they call it. Yeah, the I don't Smurf think they're turf. off to the hottest start, but they're. Uh, yeah, I mean, any anytime you get college football in the states is is pretty huge, and yeah, so there's there's definitely a buzz to the city. Did you get a pick at the litter of where you could play, or did you talk? Did you um, hire an agent, and they were just like, "Hey, Idaho is going to." they're the only ones really giving you an opportunity and you're like, I'll take anywhere. Um, yeah. So I was working with the same agent, um, as I did when I was going through the process with Germany and Idaho was the first team that, that reached out, kind of did some homework on, on the league. And I mean, my agent had nothing but like great things to say about this place and, you know, the relationship with the team, um, there was one other team that I was talking to, but other than that, um, you know, Idaho's got a super rich winning history. I think they had the longest, the longest uh, playoff streak in professional sports. It was like over 25 years. Wow. Yeah. So like the first year in like 97 till, um, till last year when we missed the playoffs, it was the longest playoff streak in like pro sports. And, um, so yeah, just like, you know, being able to sense that, that winning rich culture was something that I felt like I hadn't experienced in a little while. So that's something I kind of wanted to jump into. It's like, you know, it's probably, you know, it's going to be a challenge kind of going into that, uh, you know, into a deep roster, but just, you know, kind of bet on yourself to to find find your spot in it and then obviously disappointing last year but i mean that the culture that we have is is still there and i'm super excited to be back it's weird that your uh, first year you guys missed the playoffs yeah it's a bit of a pattern <laughs> eh? yeah i think right after we left right after i left edmonton too like we ended up getting the first overall pick that year and then uh and then the next year they made to like the conference finals and then they won it last year. So yeah, maybe it's time, maybe it's time to find a new career path. <laughs> the parlor is always open, buddy. You can always, we yeah. always, have, we always I would love to be flipping pies actually. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, it's uh <laughs> yeah. Bit of a, bit of a, what is it? Common denominator. Yeah. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> I don't want to be the one to say it. I would, once I started telling that story, I was like, yeah, okay. We've talked about how I've been a part of like. Edmonton was, Edmonton was a wagon. You got there. Not the best. I yeah. had a 25 year streak down the toilet. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how this year goes. I might be retiring. No, I'll cut that out. No, it's all, all love buddy. But um, as we kind of start to wind down, um, I wanted to ask this question because um, some athletes at some points, it gets hard for them, um, whether um, they don't find any personal success, things don't go the way they planned. At any point, did you fall out of love with hockey and wanted to go a different direction at any point? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually, I was... So I think it was, it was around like my, my 16, 17 year old year in junior. Um, 
I I was homesick. I was super homesick. Like wasn't having like the greatest success. Like kind of you know my own doing. Kind of like I wasn't really fitting in very well. Um, I ended up like asking for trades, coming back home. Just like like I kind of mentioned before, like not really giving myself like the best opportunity to you know do something with you know my abilities. Um, yeah, not just not really being super focused and just not doing well, kind of starting to, you know, think about it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, your grad summer and stuff. And then I actually got to the point where I signed in Edmonton in, I guess like June of my grade 12 year, maybe, maybe May of my grade 12 year. And then, um, throughout that whole summer I had in my head, like I was just going to quit hockey. Like, I don't think, I didn't like train at all. Um, I was like pretty dead set on just like staying home and just like kind of starting to work and stuff. And then, um, yeah, I was like fully, fully set on like not playing hockey anymore at 18. And then um, I think it was like two, two or three weeks before I went to Edmonton, I actually like decided to like go, I mean, um i started skating started skating with mitch and uh with with the wolf pack and i was like all right like i'll i'll I'll, you know play junior b i'll try to get back you know to the bchl by christmas kind of thing and then um you know for whatever reason the coach in edmonton called me i think it was like the or texted me the first day of um the first day of their training camp in I guess September or August and he's like kind of checking in because we hadn't talked in a while and he said uh he's like everything that's kind of happened up to this point in the summer like me water under the bridge like just want you to let you know like this door can still be open for you and then I remember I was in the car with my mom and I was just like I should probably do this like yeah and um and then yeah that kind of was like honestly like not trying to sound corny but that's probably like a one of the biggest like turning points in my life like if I don't go if I don't go to Edmonton like I don't know where I am and then um so I I mean for as you know kind of lackluster as those three years in Edmonton were like they were so huge for me personally and just you know remembering how different things could have been if you know one you know, Steve Hamilton and Randy Hanch like didn't leave that door open for me. Um, I have no idea like what I'd be doing right now. So it's like, it's, it's pretty cool how like kind of life can turn on a dime like that. And, you know, those are some, some of the people like my billets, obviously teammates and those guys that gave me the opportunity, like, you know, you never forget, never forget yeah. those people in your life. So yeah, that's like, yeah, I got pretty close. I was like, I hated, I hated it for a while and just kind of started to smarten up a little bit and kind of take some responsibility. And then obviously got super lucky to, to, you know, get that text message when I did. Would you have been pretty content with, if they said like, Hey, like last offer, if you don't, if you don't take it, like what if they didn't keep the door open, would you have been pretty content with it? No, no, I probably would have hated myself looking back. Like, I definitely would have regretted it and the way I handled it. 
And so that's, you know, being able to look back and like, yeah. You're counting I mean, your blessings now. I count my blessings. I'm, yeah. So that's honestly one of my favorite hockey stories is just like, you know, yeah, we weren't very good when I was there, but holy shit, like probably three, like of the most important years, like of my life. So was that um the year you played with Langley? Uh, yeah. So that was the year after. So I was committed. So my 16 year old year of junior, I was in couch and Valley. Um, I went back to couch and Valley, asked for a trade back to Langley. Um, wanted to kind of come home and yeah. just whatever, just kind of being a punk. Um, I ended up committing to Clarkson at some point throughout my 17 year old year. And then, um, kind of bought heads with the coach there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I ended up signing in Edmonton when I realized like, you know, didn't really want to be in Langley anymore. And then, um, yeah, it went completely off the rails and, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, um, yeah, whirlwind, whirlwind year. Well, Colton, this has been unbelievable and I really appreciate you given your time to do this interview uh one last question any uh any personal goals for this upcoming year how's the how's the team looking uh so we're we're just in our captain skates right now uh we don't start our formal camp till next week um i mean obviously obviously playoffs championship that's why we show up every year um personally personally i got my goals um you know, think think the next level is um, it's kind of right there for me. I think I'm kind of right on the cusp of you know being able to to play at the next level. So if an opportunity arises there throughout the year on any kind of loan, it's something I'd I'd obviously you know want to expose myself to. But I think I think the you know the biggest ones are, are the team ones to kind of you know be cliche once again, but um, just just want to be as consistent as possible and um you know be a big part of a winning team those are kind of my my main ones for sure well dude i um i'm excited for you i'm excited to see how you do i want to come down to idaho make a day trip with the boys maybe catch a steelheads game but um thank you again for doing this i loved having you on i'm so happy we finally got to do this and best of luck for the season man yeah, thanks for having me, dude. Nice goatee. You look so handsome. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's a great way to end it off. All right. Thank you so much to Colton Keller for joining the Left Side Heavy podcast. That was a thriller of an episode. And if you liked it so much, then please leave a rating and review on all platforms. It really helps grow the show. And head over to our YouTube if you want to watch it instead of listen to it. But... As that goes, you can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.LaFave, on Twitter at JevinLaFave, and find everything for the show on Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. It would really help grow the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Kick Back and Relax, and we will see you on Wednesday for episode 131. Peace.